If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to open to Psalms 23. We're going to look there today. Uh, theologian Irma Bombeck said something about worrying that I think we can all relate to. She said, I've always worried a lot, and frankly, I'm good at it. I worry about introducing people and going blank when I get to my mother. I worry about a shortage of ball bearings. I worry about a snake coming through the kitchen drain. I worry about the world ending at midnight and getting stuck with three hours on a 24-hour cold capsule. I worry about getting into the Guinness Book of World Records under pregnancy, oldest recorded birth. <laughs> I worry what the dog thinks when he sees me coming out of the shower. I worry one of my children will marry an Eskimo and will set me adrift on an iceberg when I can no longer feed myself. I worry about the sales lady following me into the dressing room. I worry about scientists discovering someday that lettuce has been fattening all along. Worry. Something we're all familiar with, right? Well, 3,000 years ago, a man named David wrote one sentence that should forever be a roadblock on the road to worry. It's part of a song in the longest book in the Bible. Now, the book of Psalms, it's a collection of Hebrew hymns. And, and of the 150 songs in this collection, the 23rd is the most popular and best known. We could call it David's greatest hit. It stayed on the charts longer than any other song in history. Not only has 118 words in English, but it makes up perhaps the most familiar 118 words in the hundreds of thousands of words in the Bible. So this week we're going to begin a series of messages on the 23rd Psalm. We're going to call them Good Vibrations. See, when the chips are down and times are tough and the going is rough and the news is bad and your world is collapsed and the sky is black, there's this natural yearning for and turning to this psalm because it gives good vibrations. And you know, I would say in the midst of this pandemic and the riots and the fires and all the chaos going on, many of us are there right now. And reading this psalm brings healing for the hurting and hope for the hopeless and help for the helpless and encouragement for the discouraged and strength for the weak. See, as we begin the study, I want to remind you that every passage of Scripture has a key to its understanding. And in Psalms 23, David hangs the key right on the front door. Verse 1. Not only the first verse of the psalm, but I believe it's the foundational verse. And everything else he says follows the truth into this verse. Because here David gives us three reasons why our faith ought to be in and our fear ought to be out. Why we should spend time worshiping rather than worrying. And here you go. Reason one. The shepherd is permanently responsible for the sheep. So let's look at verse 1 of Psalms 23. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Now the entire psalm is based on this imagery of God being a shepherd and people being his sheep. And so we read, The Lord is my shepherd. The analogy of this relationship of God to his people, being a shepherd to the sheep, is found throughout Scripture. For example, Isaiah 40.11 he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead them who are young. Ezekiel 34, 23. I will establish one shepherd over them and he shall feed them. My servant David. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. 
Psalms 103. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. You know, empires and countries throughout the centuries have adopted various animals to symbolize their national spirit. Right? The United States, we've adopted the eagle. Russia adopted the bear. Great Britain adopted the lion. And each one of these symbols, these animals symbolize strength and power and independence. But God chose to represent His people as sheep who need a shepherd. See, sheep are mentioned over 500 times in Scripture, more than any other animal. And some people might be offended that we are compared to sheep. But I want to focus on the fact that God is compared to the shepherd. And that is great encouragement. Because you see, being a shepherd, that's a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week job. He is completely responsible for the sheep because the sheep depend on him for everything. The sheep depend on the shepherds for food, for water, for shelter, for safety. So being a shepherd is a round-the-clock job. And notice carefully, the shepherd is the Lord. See, always remember that when you see the Lord in raised capital letters, it's referring to the Hebrew name Jehovah. That name is used over 4,000 times in the Bible. It's the most respected name for God in Scripture. The actual Hebrew name is Yahweh. It's a combination of three tenses of the Hebrew verb to be. There's the verb Yahi, which means He will be. The verb Hove, which means He is. And the verb Hayah, which means He was. So the name Jehovah literally means I am, I always have been, and I always will be. That name was so sacred to the Hebrew people that whenever they were reading the Bible publicly, they would substitute another name for this name out of respect. Only one person could say this name out loud, and it was the high priest. And he could only say it in one place, and that was the Holy of Holies. And he could only say it once a year, and that was on the Day of Atonement. This God, the sovereign God of the universe, who's omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent, He is our shepherd. And the reason that truth is so magnificent is this. The welfare of the sheep is the work of the shepherd. The sheep are not responsible to meet their needs. That's the responsibility of the shepherd. So think about it. God Himself made Himself responsible to meet your needs. He has everything. He's everywhere. He can do anything. And therefore, any need you have, He's guaranteed to meet it. But this shepherd is no ordinary shepherd. The word Lord, it speaks of deity. The word shepherd speaks of humanity. So the one David wrote about is both sovereign and shepherd, both divine and human, both God and man. Does it remind you of anyone? It's another, no other person than the God-man Jesus Christ. That's why in John 10, verse 11, he is called the Good Shepherd. In Hebrews 13, 20, he's called the Great Shepherd. In 1 Peter 5, 4, he's called the Chief Shepherd. So when Jesus becomes your Savior, Jehovah becomes your Shepherd. And when Jehovah becomes your Shepherd, he becomes responsible to meet your needs. There was a Sunday school teacher that decided to have her first grade class memorize Psalms 23. So she gave him a week to learn the psalm. 
And little Bobby was so excited, but he just couldn't remember it. He tried and he tried and he tried, but he could barely get past the first line. Well, on the day that the kids were scheduled to recite the 23rd Psalm in front of the whole church, Bobby got up and he was nervous. And when it was his turn, he stepped up to the microphone and he simply said, The Lord is my shepherd and that's all I need to know. <laughs> that is all you need to know. The next time you are tempted to worry because he is responsible to meet your needs. Reason two, the shepherd is powerfully responsive to the sheep. See, the name that is used here for God is the one of seven names used for God in the Bible. He is called Jehovah Ra, which literally means the Lord is my shepherd. So what does a shepherd do? Well, he guides the sheep to shelter, and he guards them from danger, and he gives them their food. In other words, he meets their needs. That's why David goes on to say, I shall not want. See that Hebrew word for want? It literally means lack. Psalms 34.10 The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Psalms 37.25 I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. One little girl came up to her mom and said, Mom, I finally learned the 23rd Psalm. So her mother asked her to recite it, and she started by saying this, The Lord is my shepherd. He is all I want. <laughs> well, you see, the Lord Jesus is not only all you want, but you're going to discover He's all you need. See, there's a New Testament counterpart to Psalms 23. It's Philippians 4.19. Familiar verse. And it says this, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. See, a lot of people misunderstand that verse. It doesn't say God will supply all of your greed. It says He will supply all of your need. See, think about it this way. If you knew that for the rest of your life, all of your needs were going to be met, why would you worry? The obvious answer is you wouldn't, right? And yet we worry every day. So why? Well, think about this. There's only one way all of your needs are not going to be met. And that is if God lies. You see, what worry does is worry calls God a liar. And when God says, I'll meet all your needs, when God says, if I am your shepherd, you will not lack one thing, then there's no need to worry. And yet we do. I know I do. Steve Ambrose wrote a book titled Undaunted Courage. A story of Lewis and Clark expedition that opened up the American West. And he told this story that Thomas Jefferson realized when Lewis and Clark reached the Pacific Ocean, they would be without money, clothes, or provisions. So to deal with the situation, he did something never done before in history and never since. He provided a letter of credit for Lewis, authorizing him to draw on any agency of the United States government anywhere in the world for anything he needed. Here's what he wrote in the letter. He said, I also ask of the councils, agents, merchants, and citizens of any nation to furnish you with those supplies which your necessities may call for. 
and to give more satisfaction and confidence to those who may be disposed to aid you. I, Thomas Jefferson, President of the United States of America, have written this letter of general credit for you with my own hand and signed it with my name. That will go down in history as the most unlimited letter of credit ever issued by an American president. But you see, that's what God does for his people. He's given us over 7,000 promises in his word. And each one of them is a blank check promising that whenever we come up against a real need in life, he will meet the need. The shepherd is so powerfully responsive to the sheep. The third reason, the shepherd is personally related to the sheep. See, there's one little word in this verse that makes the entire passage operable for you and me. In fact, it's the most powerful word in this psalm, certainly the sweetest word, the word my. The Lord is my shepherd. If you can't say my, this psalm is not for you. Because that little word is the golden key that unlocks the door to God's treasure chest of blessing. You see, you may know God as a shepherd. You may even believe God is the shepherd. But the question is, can you say the Lord is my shepherd? There was a gathering in London years ago. A group of people were having a party. and In this party, there was a noted actor and also an old gospel preacher. And someone suggested that the gifted actor recite Psalms 23. So the actor with a beautiful voice and perfect articulation and great drama recited the psalm. And when he finished, the crowd exploded with applause. And then someone asked the old preacher to recite the psalm. Well, the pastor was embarrassed to try to follow up what the actor had just done, but he finally yielded to the pressure. He had very little of the actor's eloquence, certainly none of his dramatic flair. But as he began to recite the psalm, it was obvious he wasn't talking from the head, but from the heart. And when he finished, no one clapped, but there was not a dry eye in the house. And then the actor got back up and he made this statement. He said, my friends, I appreciate your applause, but there's one big difference between me and this dear man. I know the psalm. He knows the shepherd. See, an amazing thing happens in your relationship to God when you come to know Him as your shepherd. When you say, my shepherd, He says, my sheep. Saying, my shepherd is the supreme act of faith. But when He says, my sheep, it's the supreme act of grace. And there's only one way to know the Lord is your shepherd. You see, you can have a personal relationship with God as your shepherd. You know, to me, all sheep look the same. But did you know they don't look the same to the shepherd? I was reading about how a good shepherd can locate one sheep out of a flock of 2,500 in less than five minutes. All by the way that he holds his head, by the way that he bleats, by the way that he walks. He can even look at the ground where they've been laying down and tell by the condition of the grass or, or the droppings they leave behind or by the drops of blood or even by one look in their eyes if they're sick. The shepherd has a personal relationship with every sheep. See, the good shepherd wants to have a personal relationship with you. 
But understand this. The Lord cannot become your shepherd until the shepherd becomes your Lord. And if Jesus Christ is not your Lord, then He is not your shepherd. See, the beautiful thing about the shepherd is He doesn't just give us everything we need. He is everything we need. If you're hungry, He's the bread of life. If you're thirsty, He's the living water. If you're in the dark, He's the light of the world. If you're lost, He is the way. If you need it, He has it. And if He doesn't have it, you don't need it. And so it raises the question, how do you make the Lord your shepherd? Well, it's simple. First, acknowledge Him as your shepherd. See, before the Lord becomes your shepherd, you've got to acknowledge you need one. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Second, you must accept him. Accept him for who he is, both as king and lord, as sovereign and shepherd. And then you must acclaim him. Follow him totally and completely as the sheep follow the shepherd, so you follow him. There's a story about a little boy who was desperately ill. And the doctors told his parents they had done everything they could for this little boy and they just sent him home to die. The parents called the pastor and asked if he would come over. And He came over that night and visited with the child who was in and out of consciousness. He was unable to speak and never even acknowledged the pastor was there. Well, the pastor was alone in the child's room upstairs and he left late that night. And he got a call the next morning that the boy had died. He went over to the house to console the parents and prayed with them. And then the parents asked him if he could explain something. They said, in the hours before our son died and at the time of his death, he was holding the ring finger of his left hand with his right hand. And do you know why? Well, the pastor had a big smile on his face. He said, I wanted to talk to your son. I knew he was going to die and share with him the importance of being a Christian and knowing Jesus. But I wanted to speak to him in a child's language so he could understand it. He said, so I took your son's left hand and I held his thumb and I said, duh. Because we are talking about one of a kind. And then I held his index finger and I said the word, Lord. Because the Lord cares for us. He said, then I held his middle finger and I said, is. Because God is right here. He said, I took his ring finger and I said, my, because it takes a personal relationship with Christ to go to heaven. He said, then I took his last finger and I said, shepherd, for he is the one who died for us, who cares for us, who will take us to heaven. His name is Jesus. And he looked at the parents and he said, your little boy didn't say anything, but he heard me. Because before he died, the reason he had his hand around that finger was to say, the Lord is my shepherd. If you can say the Lord is my shepherd, you have no need to worry and no need to fear because he is everything you need. So do you need to proclaim that today? Do you need to make the Lord your shepherd? Do you need to surrender your life to him? If that's what you need, don't wait. Call me. Stop by the church and talk to me. Get in touch with me this week. Don't wait. 
Because He wants to be your Lord and your shepherd today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for being our Lord and our shepherd. We thank You for taking care of all of our needs. And Lord, I pray that You are truly the Lord and shepherd of each of our lives every day. May we look to You for guidance and protection and grace. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.